T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In a split second... The national outcry. No justice! The officer had every reason to believe that that offender was turning and pointing the gun at him. And to shoot or not to shoot. Then, parents revolt. Fed up with their kids wearing masks at school. And the human chain. Strangers on the beach risking their lives for the woman in the bikini. Then, the neighborhood deli. It doesn't look like much. So why is it worth $100 million? Plus, good morning. Good morning. Look what happens next. His wife under attack by a bobcat. Then, sheer terror. Oh my God, I'm gonna What this Amazon delivery woman saw that sent her into a panic. And is the pandemic turning people into shopaholics? Clothes on top of clothes and more clothes. Look at all this. Kind of just buying and buying and buying. Stuck at home and nothing to do but shop online. Then, guys wear short shorts. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. It is one of the biggest challenges facing law enforcement, when to use your firearm. Overnight, Chicago became the latest city to face controversy after video of the fatal police shooting of a 13-year-old boy was released. The boy, who earlier had held a gun, was unarmed when he raised his hands for the officer. Jim Murray has more. It's the split-second decision causing uproar across America, the moment a police officer shoots dead a 13-year-old boy. The officer fires as Adam Toledo raises his hands. Police say this freeze frame shows a weapon in Adam's hand moments earlier. Surveillance video also shows him fleeing. Police say he tosses a gun behind a fence just eight-tenths of a second before he was shot. The gun was found as paramedics worked in vain to save the boy's life. The Toledo family attorney says the shooting was unjustified. The officer screamed at him, show me your hands. Adam complied, turned around, his hands were empty when he was shot in the chest. But the president of the Chicago Police Union defended the actions of Officer Eric Stillman. Time-lapse photo shows that that officer had eight-tenths of a second to determine if that weapon was still in his hand or not, period. The officer had every reason to believe that that offender was turning and pointing the gun at him. Whatever, ever it had, you can Monday morning quarterback it all you want. I asked retired LAPD Sergeant Cheryl Dorsey to analyze the Chicago cop's body cam video. Do you think this was a justified shooting? If you're giving someone an order, then can we wait like one or two seconds to see if they're going to comply? The young man did. He dropped the weapon behind a fence. 
he turned around and raised his hands. Inside Edition's Les Trent gained some insight into the split-second decision cops have to make. In this police training simulator, a domestic violence dispute suddenly escalates when the man points a gun at cops. Split-second decision-making is uh, life or death. That's what officers deal with every day out in the field. Gail King expressed the nation's anguish over the wave of violence sweeping America. If you woke up thinking, what in the world is going on in this country? We all did. Think about this. We've got the Derek Chauvin jury about to start their deliberations. We have the shooting of Dante Wright. We have the very controversial shooting in Chicago of a 13-year-old boy. And then you wake up and there are, there's reports of another mass shooting. So... I don't know. I woke up this morning going, what is happening in our country? And I'm sure you did, too. As she spoke, the families of employees at the FedEx facility in Indianapolis were keeping a heart-wrenching vigil, waiting to hear news about their loved ones after a mass shooting in which at least eight people were killed. Meantime, in the Derek Chauvin case, final arguments are set for Monday, after which the jury will be sequestered during deliberations. A happy ending to a dramatic moment at Panama City Beach when people came together and formed a human chain to rescue a distressed swimmer. It worked, and as Amber Cagliano reports, the woman they saved turned out to be a hero herself. A woman screams for help as a human chain forms to save her. 25 brave souls become her lifeline, but the pounding waves are too rough. The chain breaks, and now all their lives are in jeopardy. The waves are coming in towards you, hitting you, and then right below the surface, the water is sucking you out like you're in a, a raging river. You know? Ryan Stelmachers is the good Samaritan with the raft, risking his life along with his wife in Panama City Beach, Florida. Did you think for a second you weren't going to make it? I try not to think about it because I have two little kids. But then you see the fear in everybody else's eyes that are out there, and you couldn't help but think, oh my goodness, this is more serious than you know we, we thought. Finally, success. They did it. The girl is out. Woo! Good job, guys. And here's the woman they saved. They saved me, and I'm thank you for that. Sherry Vernon was in the water because she was trying to save a little girl who was in distress. When I got to the girl... She was panicking and she grabbed a hold of me and was like trying to climb up on top of me, which made me go under the water. The girl was safe, but then Sherry became the one who had to be rescued. This water had a hold of us. It was almost like it had a hold of our legs and it was just holding us there. And it was trying to suck us down and under the water and towards out towards the ocean. Turns out Sherry knows a thing or two about heroism. She's an ICU nurse from Ohio who treats COVID patients. Do you regret, you know, going in the water to try to save the girl? If I had it to do all over again, I would have did the same thing. There was a lot of heroes that day. Woo! Good job, guys. There were a lot of heroes, but experts actually advise against making a human chain to do a rescue. They say leave it to the professionals. Last year, a woman died after joining a chain on a beach in Alabama. We should point out there were no lifeguards on duty at that Florida beach. How would you react if a member of your family were being attacked? Well, when a bobcat came out of nowhere and attacked a woman, her husband grabbed the thing with his bare hands and hurled it away. Good morning. It started out as a normal morning. A guy greets his neighbor, then makes small talk with his wife as he juggles his cup of morning joe. Then all hell breaks loose. Out of nowhere, his wife comes under attack by a bobcat. 
an epic battle ensues. And when the brave guy emerges, he's got the bobcat above his head and then throws the beast. Let's see that again. A neighbor jogging by can't believe it. The husband appears to pull out a gun, but the beast was shot to death by a deputy sheriff. This bobcat was positive for rabies, the local sheriff in North Carolina says. Wow, the sheriff also warned residents to make sure their pets have had their rabies shots. And speaking of pets, check out what happened when a friendly dog sent a delivery lady jumping for cover. This Amazon delivery woman is making a routine delivery in Georgia. Suddenly, she realizes she is not alone on that deck. Oh my God, I'm gonna jump off these. What's got her climbing over the railing in total terror? The homeowner's husky. No! There goes her phone. But that's no fearsome Cujo. It's a puppy who just wants to be friends. But the delivery woman had no way of knowing that, and she happens to be deathly afraid of dogs. Help me! Finally, the homeowner comes to the rescue. She's not gonna hurt you. Poor thing. That lady is not alone. There is actually a word for the fear of dogs. It's called sinophobia, and roughly 9% of Americans suffer from it. 26 states and the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico continue to have mask mandates requiring masks in public spaces to stop the spread of COVID. Michigan, which is experiencing a worrisome surge in cases, is one of those states. But some parents who are fed up with masks tried to make a point, and here's what happened. It's a parent revolt. Dozens of moms and dads protesting a mask mandate in their Michigan school district showed up at a school board meeting. They were locked out, so they began pounding on the doors. Michigan remains the national epicenter of the COVID surge, with almost 8,000 new cases every day. 24 hospitals are at 90% capacity. We have huge uh, wait times in the ER. Frontline health workers are warning the current surge could actually be worse than what they experienced last fall. Mask wars are also heating up in Congress. Senator Ted Cruz just declared he's ditching his mask. At this point, I've been vaccinated. Everyone working in the Senate has been vaccinated. According to the latest stats from the CDC, the vaccines are extraordinarily effective. Out of 66 million fully vaccinated Americans, just 5,800 got COVID-19. That's 0.008%. As of this morning, more than 565,000 Americans have died of COVID, including 912 people who died yesterday. How does a New Jersey deli that sold only $18,000 worth of sandwiches last year end up reportedly being valued at $100 million? Lester Ren explains it's being highlighted as an example of just how unpredictable some parts of the stock market can become. It's a modest little deli in New Jersey that sells sandwiches, coffee, and soft drinks. Last year, it reportedly made just $18,000 in sales. But wait until you hear how much this place is worth. Can you believe a staggering $100 million? How is that possible? The deli is run by this guy, Paul Marina, a local wrestling coach and high school principal. I'm lucky in, in the way that I have good people around me. He does it as a side hustle, but $100 million? 
Even the business network CNBC can't believe it. A single deli in rural New Jersey that somehow managed to reach a market cap of $113 million. Neither can one of America's wealthiest investors, David Einhorn, who quips, the pastrami must be amazing. So again, how is that possible? Well, the deli sells shares on the stock exchange, and in this soaring market, just about every company is shooting up in value, including this lonely little deli. It's a great news story. Here's a deli that's worth $100 million. It's always, it's worth $100 million on paper. So hold the mustard, hold the mayo. Just give me a million with that pastrami. For most people, the internet was a lifeline during the pandemic. Work from home and Zoom get-togethers were critical. But for some people working online, meant it was also easy to shop online. And for this woman, it became a dangerous obsession. Look at all these sneakers and handbags. And what's with all these boxes? It's called pandemic shopping. Lots of people are getting on their computers and buying up everything in sight while they're stuck at home with not much else to do. And they're showing off their haul all over social media. I got a little crazy on online shopping. This woman is modeling all the goodies she's bought. I love to shop. 21-year-old Alexis Nugent has been at her computer constantly pressing buy. Her closet is packed. These sneakers I've had for a few months, brand new, literally not worn. And it's not just the closet. This is my room with all my different boxes that I get. Claire Wenrick is a senior at the University of Michigan. I probably spend about like a hundred dollars a week. Over here on this bed are all like the jackets and stuff that I don't really wear because it's spring now. Deliveries are constantly showing up at her door. Yesterday I got five packages. I see another little tag here. Financial advisor Carolyn Rattle. Shopping is a way of coping with the emotions that have been generated by the pandemic. She says these pandemic shopaholics should ask themselves a few questions before each purchase. Can I wait for this? Where am I going to put it? Am I actually going to use it? Good advice while we all wait for the pandemic to die out. It's estimated about 6% of the U.S. population has a shopping obsession. Next, sextortion plot. The beauty who appeared to send this kid a friend request on Facebook. Flowing hair, sundress, beautiful. But it was all a fake. What happened next will shock you. Then, guys wear short shorts. And the happy granny. Go, Grandma. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If you are thinking of sharing a naked picture of yourself with someone, don't 
there's a real good chance it could end badly, very badly. This family is mourning the death of their teenage son who killed himself after he got caught up in a sextortion plot, all after sharing a photo. All right, guys, we're out here. Riley Bassford was a typical 15-year-old who loved the outdoors. Last month, he joined Facebook. On the day he signed up, he got a friend request, which appeared to come from an attractive young college student who said her name was Megan. Dirty blonde, flowing hair, sundress, beautiful. She wooed Riley into sending her explicit photos of himself. His father, Darren. I, I was a 15-year-old boy at one time, and, you know, you get curious, and if some beautiful lady is, you know, texting you, he was an innocent, good kid. He wasn't street smart as, you know, some kids are, and I think they figured out, oh, we can exploit him. But it was all a fake. Megan did not exist. The teenager was being catfished. What followed was a barrage of messages demanding $3,500 or else his photos would be posted all over social media for all the world to see. Cyber expert Perry Aftub says Riley was a victim of a sextortion plot, a crime that is increasingly targeted at young people. Sex crimes against kids have doubled since the pandemic. Our kids are online. He just lost his mind of embarrassment and uh, fear and scared. And I mean, they kept hounding him. The blackmail threats started at noon. Just two hours later, Riley, apparently overwhelmed with embarrassment, went up to his room and shot himself to death. His mother, Mary. It breaks my heart that I lost him. Absolutely, like waking up without him is brutal. His friends and family held a celebration of life at the Raquette River near his home in upstate Potsdam, New York. They say they want their son's story out there as a warning to parents and teens everywhere. And I hope that you have peace and comfort. We love you so much. We hope they have peace, too. Riley's family is setting up a scholarship fund in his memory. And when we come back, some deals you don't want to miss. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Remember the old short shorts jingle? These guys do. Who wears short shorts? Guys wear short shorts. Everyone from Michael B. Jordan to This Is Us star Milo Ventimiglia and The Rock are all showing lots of leg. They even had some fun on CBS This Morning, ribbing co-host Tony DeCopel for his short shorts. Who wears short shorts? <laughs> Tony DeCopel. Oh, wait, how did you get that picture so quickly? I have very reliable wow. stuff, also known as Mrs. DeCopel. <laughs> 
reminds you of that famous TV jingle for Nair. But when it comes to dudes, when are short shorts too short? Keep them to a point where you're not showing off too much, guys. Oh, I'm embracing it. You know, I think it's been a long year, and I think it's uh, I think it's time for the men's thighs to make a comeback in fashion. Finally today, this is what happy looks like. This is one proud grandmother. Grandma's got it. She broke out in an epic dance after her granddaughter, Michaela Onyewere, got selected in the first round of the WNBA draft. Go, Grandma. That's a slam dunk for Granny. Grandma's got it. Grandma's got it. Grandma does got it. That's Inside Edition. See you next time. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.